Flaffy. Of... Oh, it's Flaffy? Yeah. Flaffy is 180 if this is episode 180. Uh, it is, in fact, 180. So, yeah, it's uh, episode Flaffy. How's it, uh, how's it going, everyone? It's, uh, it's your boy, Jinji. And, oh my god, can I borrow $650 from anyone in the chat right now? Because I can uh, add a uh, PS5 to my GameStop cart. Shit. Anyway, with me, as always, is uh, Senior DJ. <laughs> And we also have Dom with us as well. So, uh, how, how are you guys doing? My mouth hurts. Why does your mouth hurt? Because I recently had a dental appointment and they and they put more wires in my braces. Ugh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Fun fact of the day, you guys. Gingy is a giant-ass chicken when it comes to uh, Dennis. I'm a, I'm, oh, no. a, I'm a big baby. You don't want people tucking your fingies, your teethies, your teeths, your teeths. Sometimes my lips get stuck on my teeths. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. You guys have a have a good week? Since we uh, last sat down, yeah, not too bad. A good gaming week or just a good week? Just you, you know what? A good either, either or. Good good week in gaming. Good week just in general. Yeah. Well, sweet. So uh, guess with that leveliness aside. Uh, where is? <gasps> That's right. Let's make that. Uh, let's make that phone call. We'll be right back. Oh, yes. Oh, I see. Good news, everyone. I will never, ever get rid of that sound bit. <laughs> I won't. It's it's a stable of the show. Anyway, uh, bringing you your weekly. Pokemon update. Uh, Niantic, uh, in the Pokemon Go department, Niantic has announced the second Community Day Classic. Uh, last uh, Community Day Classic was Bulbasaur, and it's the same uh, Community Day, you know, Bulbasaur with uh, Frenzy Plant when it's a Venusaur. But the second uh, Community Day Classic will be focusing on Mudkip, and it'll be April 10th. And, of course, you know, it'll feature Mudkip with Swampert with the move Hydro Cannon. Uh, the event will also have a three times catch experience and boosted incense and lure module spawns. And the That Community Day Classic for Mudkip is supposed to run 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. your local time. So, uh, for those of you who... Um, have not had a chance to get Mudkip, or honestly, in this case, Swampert. It is a PvP monster, and he he really charges up uh, quick attacks, or uh, charge attacks fairly quickly. It is a fantastic support mon. Also, um, 
Okay, never mind. <sighs> Let's see, what else? What else in the uh, Pokemon department? Oh, that's right. We have a new costume event coming to those of you who play Pokemon Masters EX, because I know we have some listeners who play it. Um, the new event is called Curious Tea Party. It'll introduce the new sneak pairs of Lily with Poltegeist. Yeah, um, alongside this, we'll also have new outfits for Ingo and Selgor, Emmett with S. Cavalier, and Sonya with Serena. It's very, very interesting. Um, an update also went live for the eggs in the game. Oh, how? Yes, hello. Uh, that person is just... Oh! Yes, hi! What's up, Angel? Angel in the chat. I was a little confused there for a second. Um, so yeah, you no longer have to use energy, or you no longer have to battle to earn eggs, you know, to hatch for various, um, sync pairs with your player character. I just, I, I wish they were better. Just the player character and sync unit overall. They, they, they are not the best here um i think that about covers it in the pokemon department there actually uh, is one more pokemon oh what's that one of my starting tomorrow march 31st at the time of this recording march 31st is the start of the sign up for the 2022 international april challenge oh that's pokemon right. Sword and shield to get your shiny galarian moltres Registration runs from the 31st of March to the 14th of April, and the event battle will be on the 15th through the 17th. Uh, make sure you ha uh, register ahead of time. If you do not register in time, you will not be able to participate. And as a reminder, you have to take part in at least three battles to be able to qualify to get the Moltres. It has to be three at least three. Gotcha. I unfortunately missed the first two birds. Which kind of sucks. Yeah, I'm upset about Articuno since I didn't know you needed three. I only did one battle. But I got Zapdos. I'm sure they will have other distribution methods for them. Also, as a reminder, this challenge is one per system. You cannot do it on one per game. It is one per Nintendo Switch system. So if you want to get multiples of the birds, you have to be doing it on two different switches. And that's is and that, ladies and gentlemen, is a expensive uh, shiny hunt. So uh, do you, do you guys have anything? I do. We've uh, earlier this week, PlayStation Plus has announced its plans for June with its launch of new PlayStation Plus levels. <clears throat> the first level is what everyone is currently on, the PlayStation Plus Essential, which is having no changes whatsoever. It is still going to be remaining the same price, same accesses, everything. Uh, are now we still, in that case, getting the free, free games per month? Yes. Cool. Now there is three levels. The first level is the essential one that everyone's currently on that has PlayStation Plus. No changes at all to that level whatsoever. 
The first level up is the PlayStation Plus Extra, which is essentially the combination of PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now, which could possibly be discontinued, but probably not. Uh, PlayStation Plus Extra provides all the benefits of the Essential Tier, as well as adding the PlayStation Now ability uh, with a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits and third-party partners to uh, download and play. These are not purchases, but they it's basically its Netflix catalog for PS4 and PS5 games. Gotcha. That is going to run you $14.99 a month, $39.99 quarterly, or $99 a year. Now, the one I think everyone's going to be gunning for if they can is the PlayStation Plus Premium, which is the top of the list. Provides everything from below, as well as adding up to... Th- as well as adding an additional 340 games, including PS3 games via cloud streaming, and a catalog of beloved classic games in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP. <coughs> what is that, 20 bucks a month? Uh, also offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in the extra and premium tier markets where PlayStation Now is currently available. Customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and the PC. Time-limited game trials will also be offered in this tier so customers can try select games before they buy. Hmm. This will run you $17.99 a month, $49.99 quarterly, or $120 a year. It's nice to see that PlayStation is attempting to do what uh, Games Pass does, but there's no way. Absolutely no chance of PlayStation catching up with Xbox at this point. Maybe so, but I can appreciate that this exists. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one. Does that mean and we're going to be able to uh, stream Infamous on PS5? Quite possibly. So the PlayStation Plus Premium is almost is it's exactly double the yearly cost, ten dollars ex, uh, double the quarterly cost, and just under double the monthly cost. And keep in mind, Game Pass with Ultimate uh, on Xbox is fifteen dollars a month with no annual purchase available. True, you have to do I monthly mean, with Game Pass. Fifteen bucks with what? Games Pass offers is incredibly well worth it. And even on top of that, with, with Games Pass, you can stream directly to your phone. You know, pair yeah. up a Xbox uh, controller to your phone and, fuck, dude, I'm playing Call of Duty, I'm playing Skyrim, you know, what have you. I can stream directly to my phone. And I would like the new PlayStation Plus tiers if we had the ability to do that, to stream through the PlayStation app. Well, you can do it on the PC, not on your phone. True. Does say customers can stream games using the PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. How, how do you do it via PC, then? Um, I think there's, there's some kind of program that lets you do it. Gotcha. But I mean, honestly, it doesn't sound like a bad deal. It's it's definitely pretty costly, but it's not overly so. I can definitely. It, it's probably going to be a rough launch since 
you can't download PS3 games there. You can only stream them. But I think if they're able to expand the catalog as large as possible, I think it'll be a decent competition for PlayStation owners compared to Game Pass. And it'll definitely make Xbox have to pick up their game again. True, but even then, if, if uh, still would argue that Xbox is light years ahead of this. I, I mean, maybe they'll pick uh, their feet up. I wouldn't say light years, because as soon as PlayStation has this up and running and can start getting payments for it, they're going to start making deals. Just like Xbox has had to make deals to get all the games on their Game Pass, PlayStation can do the exact same. Gotcha. So unless a lot of those games have exclusion, uh, have exclusive rights to being on Game Pass which I highly doubt it. I definitely see this being a quick competitor if, when it takes off. Because if PlayStation's smart, they're going to quickly quickly start building that catalog as high as possible. You, you know what? That's, that's true. If PlayStation was smart, but... I, I don't know. I mean, I guess time will tell if this program... if the new tiers for PlayStation Plus will be worth it. Are you are you planning on doing any of the tiers, or are you keeping your PlayStation Plus normally? Well, I usually get discounted yearly passes for my PlayStation Plus, but I might be looking into premium, especially with the PS3 streaming. Since I have some good internet and a PS5, I would definitely love trying to play Infamous through the streaming rather than try and hook up the PS3. But we'll have to wait and see... Um, this is currently still planned for sometime in June mm -hmm. with no specific release date. But I'm definitely looking forward to this. I'm not trying to speak as a Sony fanboy. Xbox definitely has a big bang for the buck on it. But I am saying that this is this is good for competition because it's definitely going to take away the argument that Xbox has Game Pass. And it's going to put them on very equal grounds again. Very equal grounds. And Xbox is going to have to continue to step up rather than what I was worried that they might do and just lean on Game Pass. Which, for a console, not a good idea. For a service, it's a great idea, but not if they're trying to sell consoles. If you get what I'm meaning. Yeah, I am. So, uh, uh, I think that's... What? Uh, to answer the chat, uh, Riley, yes it does. The highest tier does give you access to classic classic games. Uh, what'd you say? Uh, PlayStation? Uh, uh, PS2? Be, uh, up to 340 games at the start, uh, ranging from the PlayStation 1 all the way to the PS3. So it's the PS1, the PS2, the PSP, and the PS3. So you'll be able to play everything on the PS5, Except Vita games. Poor Vita. God, that system was ahead of its time. It really... It, the Vita is underrated. I, uh, I'm, I'm itching to hear, uh, Dom, what do you, what's your take on PlayStation? I've never touched it in my life. <laughs> uh, essentially, uh, my stepfather was the one that bought the consoles in the house, and he was uh, an Xbox, uh, an Xbox player, mainly because of uh, Halo. 
Halo and Gears of War were like the reason why he got like Xbox instead of PS and just I, I never had one. Uh, when I was little, I had like the PS2 and played The Simpsons Hit and Run, but you know, that's like good not shit. like that is, yeah, it's good shit, but that is not of this age, like not even a little bit. So, that game's pretty pricey these days. Mm-hmm. So, I come from an age where like consoles, like uh, console exclusive games were like a thing, uh, like, like that's my experience with consoles because after that, I just uh, migrated completely to PC. So I guess I must have like a an unbiased opinion on on like consoles themselves. Um, I think yes, a competition is a it's a great thing to have right now because that will force uh, companies to offer more and just, instead of just relying on their exclusivity, so they'll have to actually do stuff that the customer wants, um, which is obviously a good thing. We don't want the. I mean, we want them to to like uh, just get. Too comfortable with uh, with uh, with what with what they got, and you know, actually put in the effort to make something that we want. At least yeah, that's, that, that's been my thing with Xbox. Like, yeah, the Game Pass is absolutely amazing. It's great, but that's the only card you guys have on the table. Yeah. PlayStation has had the exclusive card, but now PlayStation has the exclusive card and a Game Pass competitor card. Mm-hmm. So Xbox is going to need to counter with something from all the companies they've been buying up. Hopefully. So they need to start oh, getting you into You know they community. will. And, you know, Xbox has their uh, exclusives as well. I mean, not, not nearly as much as PlayStation, but... I wouldn't really say it's an exclusive when you can also buy it on Steam. Valid. Valid. I'll give you that one. PlayStation is... Merging into that as well with some of their bigger titles coming to Steam, like Gears, oh, like uh, God of War and Horizon. But some of those mods for God of War on PC is fucking hilarious. The biggest thing for that, though, is that PlayStation owns those studios. Like for a lot of Xbox titles, I don't, at least not until recently, has Microsoft actually owned the studios that have been putting those out. So, it's basically a give and take here. Because Sony, Sony hasn't been unloading them on Steam. It's like, we'll, 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 give, we'll give the players oh, a few years of having exclusivity, and then it's like, you guys can have some too. Go nuts. Also, hello. So, <clears throat> so I don't know, I'll have to... I guess really only up. time time will tell if the PlayStation Pass is really gonna hold itself up as a competitor to Games Pass. Yep, we'll have to see how the Triple P does it. We shall, uh... PlayStation Plus Premium, Triple P. 3P. <laughs> yep, People uh... are gonna have to come up with a quick way of saying this. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but um, Dom, do you uh, do you have anything? Should we do? Uh, one sec. Uh, all right. So, uh, from a PC gamer, Jeremy Peel published today uh, how the creators of Frostpunk and This War of Mine embraced dead serious games, ditching The Witcher of War and Famine, ditching The Witcher for War and Famine. Uh, for many game developers, becoming a quest designer on the Witcher series would be a dream come true. 
For Pavel Michalski, however, it was a sign he was in the wrong place. The Polish writer had been working on a smaller project which was cancelled by CD Projekt, piled as many bodies as it could onto the franchise that would make its name. I'm a big fan of The Witcher, uh, um, but being a quest designer is totally not my thing, said Pukowski. I felt kind of lost. I decided to quit. A bunch of Michalski, uh, Michalski's friends found themselves in a similar boat and quickly founded at 11-bit studios. Bits are always even. 2-bit, 4-bit, 8-bit, Michalski points out. Beginning with the game, we wanted to make unconventional connections. Uh, the approach that bore out in the studio's first few games, uh, built from an apartment in Warsaw, the Anomaly series technically belonged to the tower off offense genre, uh, since it gave you control of, of the attackers, not the defenders, and a mobile 8-11-bit release Sleepwalker's Journey, a platform where you played off the platform, as well as Funky Smugglers, a variant of Brute Ninja which you were swiping contraband, 70-style pass, uh, style, uh, passengers as they passed through an airport for X-ray security. But the studio made its most strikingly unconventional connection in 2014, when it paired The Sims with a humanitarian crisis in This War of Mine. Eleven Bits founders, by this point nearing 40 and playing The Last of Us, were ready to treat games as mature audiences. Uh, as a mature audience, uh, we are as players require that from games. Wachowski says that was really a breakthrough moment, like combustion. Uh, Michalski's brother, Gregords, or I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name, uh, the CEO of the company, pulled inspiration from the articles he'd read about the Bosnian War and especially the siege of Sarajevo. Sarajevo, Sarajevo, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, let's make a let's make a game about civilians trying to survive war, said Gregors. He said, with all the harsh consequences of those decisions, a dead serious game. Get serious. At uh, GDC, uh, Michalski spoke to Lucas Pope. The maker of the similarly heavy papers, please, uh, of the similarly heavy uh, papers, please. As, and as development of this war of mine continued, the Russo-Ukrainian war unfolded on 11-bit doorstep, providing a sovereign reminder of just how quickly order could break down. If you think that the, the civilized world would never collapse, well, it's our neighboring country, a few hundred kilometers from where I live, says Vichowski. Among us, the among the survivors of this war of mine were an aging teacher now simply a burden and a professional footballer, whose fame counted for naught once conflict took over. We did it on purpose, says Michalski. Most of our skills was most of our skills would be useless in war. What counts is survival skills, cooking, fighting, but also one man helping another. You learn from your grandfathers who lived during the Second World War. They have real experiences. We can listen to them and learn. Uh, this war of mine was a huge success on the fan uh, one fan award a winning polish um, uh, author Luka, uh, Lukas uh, Orbitowski uh, wrote the novel Off the Back of It, which in turn inspired a story-driven DLC pack called Father's Promise. The experiment led to another collaboration with 80 Days, lead uh, writer Meg J. Jayanan, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that, on the last broadcast DLC, in which disabled radio DJ, uh, in which a disabled radio DJ decides whether or not to spare listeners the truth about news in their city in order to prevent widespread panic. What we were trying to achieve was to show very different perspectives, says Michalski. Around the same time, marketing director and now game director Patrick uh, sorry, uh, Grzedczyk, I don't know how to pronounce that, pushed 11-bit uh, to codify its new philosophy. Uh, today, the studio calls its work meaningful entertainment, a mantra that has led directly to, cyber, uh, to Frostpunk and its upcoming sequel. Like this war of mine, their management games about surviving a hostile environment by huddling together and making hard choices. In fact, in Frostpunk, even the buildings seem to huddle, 
clustering around the central furnace that represents warmth and hope as it burns as it even as it burns to embers. Everything comes from the idea, Michowski says. In Frostpunk 2, they want to focus on the conflict between humans and human nature, between the cold and the human values. From there comes the story and all the gameplay systems. They need it to be like cogs in a good machine. But yeah. That, that is my article. Interesting. Slightly uh, relevant considering uh, what's going on. But yeah. Well, all right then. Um, I guess if we don't have anything else, we'll go ahead and uh, jump into the uh, next segment here. We'll be uh, right back. Wait, where's... There it is. Perfect. Uh, yes, I can. Uh, Riley, I will turn him up just a tad. There we go. Am I too low? Uh, you were on my end, so you don't need to change uh, change yourself at all, Dom. I had to turn you up on my end, so you should be good to go. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about the games we've been playing in the last week since we uh, since we last streamed. Uh, you know, yeah, we'll we'll start with you, Don, to make sure the audio level is is uh, is good to go. What games have you been playing? Playing a new little game called uh, Lobotomy Laboratory, I think. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's very fucking interesting. Okay, the full name, like the name is uh, Lobotomy Corporation. Sorry, it's just it's very recent. Uh, a friend of mine got it for me. And have you heard of the SCP world and what it does and what it what it, what it has, what it, what it entails? Uh, SCP no. Secure Containment Project. No idea. No, 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 no. I do. <laughs> All right, DJ does a little bit. Essentially, it's a game inspired by that, uh, like um, fad fashion, whatever. Uh, as, as the idea is, a corporation dedicated to studying and uh, securing anomalies that cannot be explained. So anything that is like magical or, or or eldritch or anomalous, anything that cannot be explained, like your typical uh, old uh, creepy pastas and stuff, uh, all that stuff, I would get stuck in this game. Uh, and you and uh, you are and then lobotomy corporation, you have to like uh, maintain the containment procedures, learn about the anomalies, uh, try to like profit from them because you know you can't just run on no nothing. And uh, it's so far it's pretty cool. It's also pretty uh, tough. It's kind of like roguelike-ish, in the which uh, your uh, your management can get people killed, and that is um, very much a possibility that you might have to replace an entire like twelve people because you mismanaged the, man the facility and got people killed. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's what that's as far as I've gotten with Lobotomy Corporation. I know there's a sequel that has nothing to do with the with the uh, with the whole like resource managing uh, of the of the of the uh, of the facilities, but uh, I have yet to understand the story itself. So that's what I've been playing uh, recently, and before that, well, just a whole lot of more out. I love that game to death, even if it kills me. All right. Uh... DJ, what games have you been uh, have you been up to? 
a little bit of Master Duel. Uh, not a whole lot. I just did some trying out a Cyber Dragon deck. It's definitely a very big work in progress. It's not very good. Uh, on stream, been going through uh, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep Final Mix. Uh, we finished Terra's Story, and we're now in Ventus. Uh, today, specifically, uh, was Training Montage Day. We started as a level 18 Ventus, and by the end of it, we were a level 37 <laughs> with almost every OP skill unlocked and mastered. So, <laughs> kind of went a little ham. Uh, sounds like it. So we're kind of we're kind of ready for the end game here because I know the Vanitas fight at the end of Ventus's story is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll give the you the final boss of the Kingdom Hearts are always bullshit. <laughs> but I know Vanitas is overly so. And after having the issue I did with uh, playing as the, the last will or whatever in Terra's story being bullcrap, uh, I want to go into this as prepared as possible. You're going to die. Let's hope brought to you. Not with all the power I have. I have all the OP ones. And we're not even through all the story yet. Huzzah. <laughs> Like, seriously, the only power left to get now is Glide. I have faith. I have salvation. <laughs> wow, this, this sounds really bad. This sounds much different <laughs> than in-game. But they're super, super OP. I even have Mega Flare. All maxed. I don't need to be leveled anymore. So, we we're kind of ready for anything that comes our way. Uh, other than that, uh, we got some Dokkan. Uh, Global, it hasn't been formally... Uh, actually, it was just formally announced. Uh, we have the next Dokkan Fest units coming to Global. And it's... Uh, Super Saiyan 3 Goku and Kid Buu. Ooh. The Kid Buu is a really good card. But if anyone here who listens plays Dokkan, get that Goku. That is a TUR Goku with LR stats. Oh, shit. He is an absolute monster, and he pairs perfectly with the Majin Vegeta that just released. Oh, hell yeah. Mostly when he transforms, because he starts as Super Saiyan 2 Goku and then transforms into Super Saiyan 3. But even still... That Goku is cracked. He has such high attack power, and he's physical, so he gets combo attacks, so he can continuously attack, and I think his passive gives him boost, too. Get that Goku. He's going to be needed for every event coming forward in the anniversary. Uh, let's see. We also had announcement on JP. Uh, on Japan, we just had the announcement of their next Dokkan Fest, and that is Raditz. 
We have Raditz as the new Dokkan Fest. He's decent, but amazingly, it, it's his side card that's coming with them that's more cracked than he is, and that is a Nappa. <laughs> you know how cracked this thing is, Gingy? How 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 cracked is it? His passive says he gets a defense buff of plus seven hundred and eighty percent. Excuse me. Defense plus seven hundred eighty percent based on your HP. If it's at max, you get the full seven eighty. Um, when when is global getting this? Probably after the anniversary. Uh, okay, that's fine. This is a Nappa. Who is defensively cracked. It's insane that they made this thing. He also has an active that guarantees sealing the opponent's uh, supers. Holy shit. And lowering their defense. This card is going to tank everything in the game. So keep an eye out for that Nappa later this year. Uh, for sure, dude. And and get the Goku on Global when it comes out. When is that coming? Uh, either the end of this week or by this time next week. Cool. So, I'm hoping it'll be Friday, which is going to be weird since Friday's April Fools. So they usually put out a they put out something fun on Dokkan on April Fools, but we'll have to see. I think it was uh, Pokemon Go for one year did an April Fools where it was like stick figure drawings with all the Pokemon. Hmm. But uh, anything, anything else, Deidre? Nope, that's gonna be it. Okay, well. I myself, um, in preparation of Dragalia Lost shutting down, um, I've been playing that. Not, not trying to do everything in the game. I just, I've, I want to beat the main story. That's just, that's where I'm personally at. Um, believe I'm on chapter thirteen now. I want to say chapter thirteen, and I believe with the story update that's coming in July which will be the final update and conclusion to the story of Dragalia. Uh, and then Nintendo announced that after that point, they would announce the shutdown date. So I've been, uh, I've been playing that. Um, as of recording today, um, actually, it's, it's something that I am still um, genuinely upset over, and it actually took a lot for me to do the show today because I'm that affected by it. Um, a mobile game that I've been playing for the past eight years, uh, Brave Frontier. Um, unfortunately, Gumi, who is the developer behind Brave Frontier, they have announced that the final server of Brave Frontier that is running right now, which is global, um, their servers are going to be shutting down effective April 27th. And that's it. That is the last Brave Frontier anything that's available. The Japan version of Brave Frontier shut down months ago. The Europe version shut down. So this is it. And 
I guess I already, in in a sense, I have my closure with the game because I, I, I beat it. I beat the story. I beat most of the trials. So I think maybe before I delete it, uh, there was a Brave Frontier 2, Riley, and uh, that, that already got shut down. Like, this is it. This is the finale. There is nothing after after this. I have a Nendroid uh, figure of a Brave Frontier unit um, of uh, Shion, and he's actually a pretty badass unit. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, I'm very bittersweet over it because I've loved this game. I poured in easily triple digits as far as money into the game easy um and it's 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 sad because it was the first gotcha style game that i really got into and arguably brave frontier was what really sparked uh me as a mobile gamer i mean that was that was my de facto game for a while was brave frontier and now i'm gonna have to find another game to scratch that itch and you know, I initially thought about getting back into, um, oh, what's it called? Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. But Brave Exvius is run by Gumi as well. So who knows if they're going to be shutting down the Brave Exvius servers. But I mean, with the Final Fantasy tag on it, I don't think they're going to shut that down anytime soon. So maybe it would be worthwhile getting into that again. I don't know. That's that's enough of a sob story for now. Uh, if if I keep dwelling on it, uh, dude, that that shut down. You're thinking of Ultimate uh, Hero or Ultimate Ninja Blazing, and that shit shut down ages ago. That game's dead. Um, I swear, there's a, a Boruto. Did it last? No, it didn't. It lasted for a couple of years, if that. Uh, trying to think what else. Yeah, a lot of mobile games, honestly, have shut down. And so I'm a little hesitant on even jumping back into Brave Exvius. But again, with the Final Fantasy uh, tag on it, you think just with the name alone, it would run for, for longer. But, uh, I mean, that and I played Pokemon Go, nothing really noteworthy in that regard haven't really caught anything as of late that I feel like I need to um, report on I uh, played a bit of a master duel as well with friend of the show Headfrecker and I pulled some heart of the cards anime draw bullshit luck and I drew the exact cards I need when I needed Otherwise, Headfrecker would totally kick my ass. But, yeah, I'm still uh, still grinding up some points there because, you know, I have a couple of builds I want to make. I have a good idea that I want to run for an armed dragon uh, build. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Oh, send that shit. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, I can do that, Riley. That's fine. Because it also cuts off the stream chat. But, uh, console wise, I will say though, I have played uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land because I picked that up last Friday. 
and I will say it is a lot of fun. I do genuinely like it. Um, very fun-paced. Each level that you go through, you have multiple objectives they have to do if you want to rescue all of the um, Waddledees. And some of those objectives, uh, you don't know what they are at a first glance. You have to play through the level and just stumble upon them. So we'll have to... So you'll have to, you know, ideally play through the level multiple times. And it's just... Oh, you're behind Headfrogger. <laughs> yeah, Headfrogger already 100%ed the game. It's bananas. Yep, their only issue was the gotcha system in it. And, and, and does Headfrogger even breathe at this point? Does she blink? <laughs> she is a machine when it comes to video games. I mean, look how fast she beat Arceus. True. Mm. I mean, Headfrogger, please... For your health and safety, blink for the love of God. <laughs> don't 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 play that sound bit, DJ. I know your finger is hovering over it. Which one? I said don't blink. Or I said please blink. Don't blink. God damn it. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. <laughs> you, oh, you head record is up. in the chat. You fucking tear it up, Gingy. That is one hundred percent on you. Speak of the devil, and she shall appear. Yeah, I, I saw your 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 thing, Head Frecker. Absolutely insane. Did you did you even take your time with Kirby, or were you more like I'm on a fucking mission? But yeah, uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. It's it's a fun game. I haven't messed with the co-op mode yet, but I will get to that. Uh, I do also want to get back into streaming um, the Mega Man Battle Network series because I know I finished Battle Network 1 and I really want to get to Battle Network 3. Like, that is my favorite Battle Network game in the entire series. Um, the epilogue adapter that I use to capture my gameplay footage, apparently that's gotten an update. And so hopefully that'll fix the Mega Man bug. Uh, what else console wise? Oh, um, like we or like I have been doing every Tuesday. You know, I stream with uh, Tato. We've been playing more of It Takes Two, and I believe we are just about done. I want to say we're starting chapter seven. I want to say it's chapter. Are you gonna seven. do the previous game? There's a uh, a previous game from It Takes Two. It's not related to it, take, to it Takes Two, but it's the same, like, co-op style, because it's from the same developer. Oh, what game is that called? Oh, I forget what it's called, but you, you're two guys in prison and you have to escape. Oh, uh, uh, One uh, Way Out? Something like that? One Way I think so. Uh, no result. Oh, A Way, a way out. out. A Way Out. Hey, uh, yeah, that's the same developer. The guy well. who uh, cursed out EA. <laughs> no. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Headfrecker's a little sick. Uh-oh. Well, I hope you feel better soon, Headfrecker. 
but yeah, that about uh, cuts it for my video game shenanigans this week. So we'll go ahead and uh, hop into hop into the topic. We'll be uh, we'll be right back. Super handy, man. Uh, DJ, what are we uh, talking about this week? Well, to much of a Zelda's fans' dismay, even though everyone's based on the consensus doesn't seem like anyone's upset with it breath of the wild 2 has been delayed to 2023 and as such someone in this room is pretty livid that it got delayed <laughs> i can just imagine tattle pouting in the corner with her arms crossed <laughs> if you have choice words then come over here we're, we're talking about the delay right now Come on, come on, voice your concerns. No. She's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to accept it. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Will Smith at Oscar night. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Damn. Topical. Uh, no, we're not. Uh, it's not about the Breath of the Wild delay. It is about delays. Delays in general. What are our thoughts on delays, especially with how often they are now? I'm in the boat that if you need more time to polish the game and make it well and not a piece of hot, hot garbage shit, then by all means, I mean, it sucks. I'm an impatient person. But I'd rather wait longer to have a more completed product than some buggy piece of shit. Looking at you, cyberpunk. <clears throat> okay, yeah, that was bad. Dom? Mm, I, I agree. I 100% agree. Well, my take on it is video game teams need to be on the same page. Because my yeah. issue with is not that the delays happen. It's that they're made to happen. Because it's clear that the reason these games are delayed is because marketing, higher-ups, and development are not communicating properly. It's clear there's internal issues when a game has to be delayed. Either... Something's gone wrong, or something was not ready, especially with how quick these game companies are to put out announcements just to say something. Right. Um, with, even with how impatient a lot of us are, we should, when a company is going to announce a game, it needs to be ready to be announced. Especially with what has happened with a lot of recent games, like uh, Star Wars Eclipse, that was announced at the Game Awards. It was not ready to be announced. The company behind it announced it to try and get themselves bought to get funding. Meaning this game is nowhere near ready. It's not... Current projections slate it for like 2026. Holy shit. Or later. Ah, That is horrendous. So, my issue with delays is not that they happen. It's that they're happening so frequently that it's showing signs of a different problem. Because we had another game that just got delayed. 
Suicide Squad just got delayed to next year. Did it really? Yes. Gotham uh, Gotham Knights, surprisingly not. It's still slated for October. Wow. But we've ha- we've seen so many games that need to be delayed. Uh, the whole thing with Metroid Prime 4? That's basically one freaking delay because they had to completely switch developers. But the whole thing is just... Why? Why is this happening? Right. Um, and to also include the chat... Uh, Riley says, yeah, if you have to delay games to not release them as buggy, awful garbage like Cyberpunk, by all means. You you are true. And then Angel also replies with, I believe that delays don't automatically save a game. Yeah, Duke Nukem forever. <laughs> oh, that shouldn't have been a game. I'm sorry. But also... Game companies need to stop announcing games too early. Like, if you know for a fact you're already going to delay the damn game, why? Why bother just announcing it? Like, keep it keep it under wraps until you're ready to properly announce it. Like, I can get when games can, can get it. It's in development. That's a fine announcement. It's like... But don't show a trailer, okay? That sets different expectations when you have a trailer. That means you have something workable, okay? A teaser image, that's fine. That's what uh, CD Projekt Red just did for Witcher. That's oh fine. my like, god, don't get me started on that. Concept art. Here's some concept art. That's a fine announcement. That's not setting expectations. That's setting questions like, ooh, what's it going to be about? What's it going to be about? And already people are saying... We're probably not going to get this game until like 2026, maybe 2028. But like, they didn't, they're not setting any precedence. It's just like saying, we're start, we have development on a Witcher game. That's it. It's not like what Star Wars Eclipse did. You show this whole cinematic trailer. Jesus Christ. Trying to set up hype that a new Star Wars game is coming. Nothing. You know what else did that? Microsoft with Fable. Really? Showed a trailer. Hey, we're making a Fable game. Nothing. Nothing's been said. Nothing's been announced since then. And it's like, why? Why can't these companies and development teams be on the same page with the marketing team? And it's also clear when they set release dates. When almost certainly the development team is telling them it's not going to be ready by then. These game companies keep getting too eager. They keep seeing the money and they only want the money. Stop it. Like, we we all know we're not going to see shit from Starfield until like 2024. I'm willing to, to make a, make a bet on it. Like yeah, it and and then it just makes the time. Well, Starfield see. is set for release this year. Starfield really? Yeah, November eleventh. Oh fuck! See, it shows how much I'm out of date with shit. Um, I w- I was going to after I finished that little rant 
Thank you very much for subbing, Riley. I appreciate it, man. Subscribe with Prime, too, on top of that. Sweet. So, I don't know. I, th I think the general opinion of the show is they are beneficial to delay. If, if you need it, it's fine. Take the time. But at the same point, don't announce your games too early. That that just seems counter counterintuitive. Well, what they should be doing, listen to your developers. The developers are going to know, or at least have a general idea, when this thing is going to be done. And they need to be working. Like, I've heard some different tales of how those places work outside of crunch time. Like, crunch time is horrible. I'm not trying to advocate for crunch time. But your team needs to be using its time wisely. It needs to be working through that project as efficiently as possible. It doesn't mean you overwork your employees. It means you work them properly. You get them on task. You get them working properly. Have proper communication with everyone on board. And make sure everything is staffed properly. It's like, these delays shouldn't be happening. That's my standpoint. They should not be happening. You know, I'll uh, I'll give you that one, DJ. That's a valid point. Dom's been a little quiet. Uh, no, I just said that uh, you're basically like, yeah, essentially yes. Uh, um, delays. Uh, let's they don't automatically tell you that the game is going to be good. Like, delays don't, like, suddenly fix a game, you know? Uh, so, and, and usually the more delays you see, the less hopeful you are about a game, and uh, very few games actually, like, benefit PR-wise from delays. Uh, and if the game is a disappointment, it's just even more of a nightmare. Uh, cough, cough, cyberpunk, cough, cough. Um, <laughs> but, um... I feel like one of the biggest issues is definitely greed. The greed of uh, wanting to put games on time um, for people's expectations when the development team is like, no, we, we can't do that that quickly. Are you fucking crazy? It's just, but that's not the only thing. Well, that's not the only problem. One of the biggest problems is that it's extremely, excruciatingly difficult to, uh, uh, to, um, uh, predict video game uh, like software like uh, when things are gonna be ready uh, like it's like it's uh, not easy at all especially if it's a video game because a video game is not a pro unless you're making a sequel using the same engine it's very hard to you to be able to like uh, actually like accurately um, predict uh, when you're gonna be done with the software uh, so I feel like delays uh, are kind of like like you're always gonna have like a a margin of error that depending uh that it's like out of the hands of anybody if anything but then there's also you know like people over promising pr getting too uh too crazy and uh, then suddenly um oh we can't deliver 
so yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with most of those points. Like it's it's very true. Like delays are, are can can save a game, but the too many delays are bad for PR, and sometimes you just can't help but delay a game. Problem. All right. Um, Riley also is making a good point. Assuming a game is going to be bad or good due to delays is a fool's game, but either way, it always going to be a case-by-case basis depending on the devs and how they are spending that extra time. But again, if a developer spends their time properly and assuming a publisher doesn't, you know, crack the whip and tell them to spit something out this holiday season... There should be absolutely no reason for delays. DJ made a very fine point. It seems to be... There's this strange culture that exists with game companies. Almost like there's... This is from an outsider's point of view, from how I've seen some of the things, but like... It still kind of feels like they think there's... They're the alternative kids on the block. If you get kind of get what I'm saying, they're like, we play by a different set of rules kind of thing. But it's like, no. A business is still a business. And one of the key things to running a business is time management. You can't be slacking off. If if you're there, you need to work. It... it there's still healthy work-life balance that can be done with that, but... And you can still have fun while on the clock, but you need to be doing your work. I'm not trying to be hard on employees or anything. I mean, I've I've worked hard jobs. Mm. Like, you need to have time management. Mm. Using every every bit you can without ruining your life. Right, and the the problem with crunch time is, you know, burnout. You'll absolutely crush and destroy the motivation of developers, and thus, as a direct result, you're you're gonna fuck up development timeline wise, budget wise, and you know the uh, developers honestly are gonna lose motivation in that sense to you know do a better job. That that it is, uh, Riley. Working on a video game project is a whole different ball game for many. Um, I will give you guys a little bit of an insight to that in the bullshit segment. But um, as far as the topic goes, uh, do we have any other statements that we want to make? Well, actually, I would like to refute that a little bit. Oh, because, what's that? I mean, I do work a wage job. I'm at a computer all day. We have projects that have timelines. So we have to be efficient. You have to have certain projects done by a certain amount of time. And I highly doubt a gaming company is should be any different from that. If it is different from that, then I can definitely see that, that I would say is a problem. Because that's lacking time management. Because sometimes certain things need to be done. That doesn't mean you ruin your life over it. Doesn't mean uh, it's fair for the company to crunch time everybody. But it does mean if they're requiring people to work overtime, you pay them overtime. You pay them their fair rate. 
you can't just accept the proper overtime wage. Do that. Like you just pay them overtime and everything's going to be all right. No. Well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just, yeah, but just like adding to it. Because like, there's some people that can't work overtime, and that's always going to be a thing, because people have lives outside of work. That is true. That's that's a bad excuse, Riley. Just because it's art does not mean it gets to be different. I mean, de- depending on what goes on. At the end of the day. The, yeah, that was about to say. At, at the end, it's still time management needs to be... Uh, if you are important. working for a game company, it is a business. If you are an indie developer that is like a one-man team, that is completely different. That's self-employment. That is a completely different ballgame. But if you are working for a video game company, it is a business first and foremost. It will use the art for business. It may push the art, but that does not mean it doesn't require things to run properly. Otherwise, if you know, the, uh, the developer isn't using their time properly, if they aren't communicating with the publisher, with fellow developers, uh, what have you, then the project is, is either A, not going to happen, B, delays are going to hit it. Yes, but uh, development things can change more than they would in... An... Again, it, it entirely depends on the, the context of what the business is and or what the tasks are. Entirely and that requires depends. communication. That requires proper uh, inter-office communication. It's it's still a business. It doesn't matter that it's using art. A video game company is a business. And as such, if you're not doing your job through the proper timeline, outside of crunch, I'm trying to leave all that crunch stuff aside. As an actual business, it needs to be doing stuff in a timely manner. If there are issues... That's something different. That is something that needs to be communicated with and dealt with properly. But if you're just taking taking your time trying to let the creative juices flow through, you're wasting you're wasting everyone's time. And you're because not those being games really those publishers, they're not gonna wait on you that long. They'll they're going to expect something. Being in a timely manner, that's different from what we've been talking about. But if you're not getting if you're not using your time properly and just wasting their time, you're just hurting everyone else. You're hurting the other employees, you're hurting the project as a whole, and it could result in cancellation, firings. Because that's business. And currently, a lot of fucking scandals! Holy yeah. shit! So many fucking scandals! What the fuck? Yeah, it's clear there's a lot of issues in game companies that need to be resolved. Outside of time management, there's these weird work cultures that... Honestly... This is going to sound like the worst summarization, but... These... These kind of cultures need to grow up. 
They need to be mature. Understand that they need to be adults. And uh, on that lovable note... <laughs> uh, we're going to get some flack for this one. I can just feel it. I, you know, honestly, bring it on. If you guys have a different take or if you want to further cement on what we have spoke about, you know, all of our communication channels are down in the episode description on your uh, podcast platform of choice. So we're going to jump into the uh, bullshit. We'll be... Uh, We'll be right back. What's up, guys? Do you enjoy podcasts like us? Have you ever wanted to start one of your own? Are you too scared to start one? Well, to be honest, we were scared in the very beginning before we started Pixels. But luckily, we found Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is one of the easiest ways to start a podcast. They're a dedicated team driven to help your podcast succeed. Their website is very simple to use and gives you stats on your show. It's amazing. They put your podcast on all the different podcast players, like Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Exactly. And we love Buzzsprout so much, we recently became a affiliate. Start your own podcast using our special link, which will be in the show description. Today, and after upgrading to any service plan, you will be able to receive a $20 Amazon gift card. Join us, us Pixels, and over 100,000 other users using Buzzsprout today. Buzzsprout, easiest way to podcast. And now, we will return you to your show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome back, you guys, to the bullshit of the show. Uh, Bullshit away. I mean, this whole show is bullshit, but... That's besides the point. Yeah, yeah, fucking. Like, at least it's a, like, bullshit Saturday around gaming. True. Uh, Actually, just the bullshit segment in general, Dom, is even if it's not video game related. You know, I'm already calling your show a bullshit. It's it's centered around gaming, usually. But yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to say that my teeth hurt, and there is a fucking cable running through my teeth, and that it's slightly jagging my, my lip, and uh, it hurts. It hurts. Uh, do do you have uh, good cable management? I, what the fuck do you mean by that? I'm it's talking like about the... Ah. 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 Okay, now I'm getting psychic damage from that shit. Okay. Was it uh, super effective? Yeah, fuck you. Uh, okay, so... Does that uh, mean not the fighting type? Uh... <laughs> I am done! Good night! Bruh. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not gonna leave like that. I'm not a child, even though I'm probably the childest among us. I am Gen Z, motherfuckers. Mm. Oh, um, to give you guys a little bit of an insight on a game developer side of things, um, it is incredibly stressful. Mm. Um, because I believe I made the comment on the show, but I'm close to uh, uh, graduating from Full Sail University, and past couple of months I've been working on my final... Uh, capstone project and I've been a part of the same team now for the past four months 
and um yeah we're a group of seven people total including me so six others um we're working on the same game file uh using unreal and we use a, a nifty little uh program called perforce and it, it it's a bitch i absolutely hate it it's like a uh server-based program right so if i um how should i explain this so we have the the game file right the the game that we're designing and working on you know we'll have that build uploaded to the perforce server and us on the same team we are able to download the latest updates of the game file or if uh we found out that after we uploaded version B of the game and you know we worked on version C and we uploaded version C and then you know another person on the on the team uh, can't get version C to work we can revert back to version B and figure out what happened between B and C to cause it to not work and while in a sense in, in, in that regard it's a very handy program but at the same point if someone you know, marks crap for delete on accident or actually deletes stuff from the server, it could royally fuck people up. And we've had several instances at this point that someone from another team, not even a part of the one I'm on, manages to mark, you know, our game files for deletion on the server side. Thank God, you know, we have a local backup of all of the game stuff, so we were able to re-upload it and, you know, save the project. But I can see where developers, and just from this group alone, I can see how difficult designing a game uh, team, team-wise can be, especially... Especially huge developer teams like at, uh, you know, Ubisoft or... EA, Nintendo, well, what have you, Epic, who, who cares? I can understand to a point how stressful that kind of shit can be. Doesn't sound quite stressful, but just definitely frustrating. Oh, 100%. And again, uh, now that I can say that I've had both uh, programming experience with Unreal and Unity props to the developers that actively choose unity to to program and design games in versus unreal fucking yes. props what about the developers that make it in dos what the f- you're, I've you're never fucking even mad <laughs> you're mad and it's, you, you know what slow slow clap is that like are they supposed to be ridiculed or feared. Is that like a uh, little bit of both, DJ? <laughs> but um, just it's, it's like Oregon Trail, Dom. <laughs> Text-based adventures. Uh, or I guess oh. anything you see on an Amiga. Sweet fuck, no! Please don't do that to me. Did you know there was Mega Man games on those? I was probably not born until then. I think they had Mega Man 1 and 3 on DOS systems. Holy shit. They, I think I... Was it on the Nerd? I think it was Angry Video Game Nerd that did them. They played like 
Oh yeah, fucking definitely. I was not born for Mega Man 1 or 3. Yeah, Angel of Speed knows it. Mega Man on DOS! I'll send you that. I'll send you that video. Oh, Gingy, I'm, I'm sure you'd get a. I'm sure you'd get a laugh out of seeing your your precious Mega Man played in the crappiest two bit ever. Right. They would play better on a Game Boy. We'll have to. We'll have to see on that one. And now that I'm thinking about Mega Man, I think tomorrow after, uh, as of recording or streaming. I think I'm gonna jump back into Battle Network. So I've been, I've been watching a lot of uh, uh, PVP stuff with uh, Battle Network Six because um, through through some means you are able to have uh, multiplayer matches with people. I don't know how you do it. I mean, I know I have the means to set it up, but I haven't gone through all the program files yet to figure you know to set up that internet connection. But there is very much a live. A competitive scene in Battle Network. It is very, very much a thing. Wait, that has two-player? Yeah. Uh, Battle Network oh, series can communicate player. with each other via, you know, the GBA cable. Huh. And with Battle Network 6 in particular, it has uh, wireless support. You know, you, you need that wireless adapter, ideally, for the Game Boy Advance, you know, to, to do it, but I don't, I don't know how you set it up, but you're able to connect to people through the internet with uh, Battle Network 6, and that's how these um, how they've been able to do PvP matches. And I've I've seen some brutal deletions. Only through emulation. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, they use emulators for it, but I'm pretty sure it's through that. Probably some, like, special extensions. Right, can... something. Fake, fake the connector. So we'll have to, we'll have to say. I mean, my favorite entry out of all of them was BN three, and honestly, I want to just burn through BN two to get to BN three. It's, it's, it's fun. <sighs> I think ho hopefully, hopefully, if I can stay motivated tomorrow, I'm, I'm going to jump back into that. Fun. But yeah, oh, um, figured to also announce this as well, um, and DJ and Dom, I will talk to you guys off air regarding this, but, uh, later on this month, or not this month, uh, next month of April, I will be gone for a good week or so at the tail end of April, so we will either have a Pixel's just break no pixels at all that week or unless if you guys want to get together record an episode of pixels and you know send me the episode audio so I can get it edited and all that fun stuff but yeah weekly reminder uh, the week of April 20th I will be gone I will not be able probably won't be able to record I mean, I might be able to, but probably not. Don't count on it. Don't count on it. I mean, I may record myself, you know, for like five minutes to splice into a bullshit segment. But just to give you guys a heads up now so we're not throwing it last second on you. 
But yeah, the week of the 20th, I will be out on vacation. But uh, speaking speaking of that, um, you know, I'll be finding some fun opportunities. Where can people find you, DJ, on the vast interwebs? You can find me at twitch.tv slash djskywalker716, where we stream Tuesdays through Thursdays from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Central, with the occasional Sunday fun day. Dom, where can people find you? You can find me on YouTube under the Maldos Gaming Channel, or on Twitter at SadixMen. Alright, um... All of our communication channels for the show is in the show description, like I've said, you know, our email. Um, if you guys want to reach out to me, you're more than welcome to in the Discord channels or uh, DM me, I'm all ears. Because now I'll actually say that and get a reaction out of you in the stream, right? In the stream chat, Riley. Um, you can find me at my Twitch at twitch.tv slash ppafgingy. Um, I am trying to help. Uh, Tattle get to affiliate. So if you guys want to go follow her at twitch.tv slash tatl13, no, it'll be uh, very much appreciated. Waiting to see Riley's reaction in the chat before we end the show. But uh, this has been episode Mareep of Pixels. So one one eighty. Oh, Flaffy. Flaffy. Sorry, my bad. Episode Flaffy. Of pixels. Man, I'm fucking out of it. But uh yeah, I've been I've been gingy. I've been the imaginary horse. Hello? Gingy, every time you say that you can't hear us say goodbye, we say goodbye. Oh, I mean, I didn't hear you, Dom, but you know what? That's fine. Bye, everyone. We will catch you next week for episode 181, episode Amphros. So we're going to go into the lighthouse, make sure it's feeling well, and then tell Jasmine to get off her ass and go back to the gym because I'm tired of going back and forth. But All right, you guys. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.